welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. Hey, Sherry, we're back in the studio. Yes, the studio. Whatever you want to call this place. (laughs) Dare to dream, Joe. We can call it the studio. Nobody can tell us otherwise, right? It makes me feel good about it. (laughs) I just like to imagine this is my, my, my studio. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the empty desk full of boxes not yeah. far away. And, and and if you're on our Fort Meade Declassified Facebook page, you've seen the photos. It's just some desks with some microphones, but that's okay. <laughs> it's ours. It's what we do. It's our studio. <laughs> so, so what have you been up to, Sherry? What's new? Well, um, got to the movie theater for the first time in like two years. Nice. And I watched Venom. Nice. So yeah, that was good. Good, yeah. I I've watched it twice, so that that should be a little telling about the quality of the movie. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, it should. Yeah. No, I thought. Uh, well, one we talked about it last podcast episode, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I really want to go see the movie. And I was out with my husband, and theaters are open, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was nice. There was actually not that many people in the theater. Yeah, social distancing, all that stuff was very really easy good. to do. Yeah, and yeah, the movie was awesome. Yeah. And um, I still don't understand why people do not stick around for the end credits. Like, I mean, have y'all not learned? Even if it's not a Disney MCU movie, it's still Marvel, and they love doing end credits. Comic stuff. book movies, especially, yes, like very to do much that so. yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and plus, do you, do you not? What rock are you under that you don't know? I was surprised at the number of people just getting up and walking away. I'm like, no, there's something really interesting yeah. after this. And I had read about it, yeah. and so I wanted to see what it was. So. Yeah, and it's got a really good end credit scene. I won't spoil it for anybody. I know, but I... Uh, but I the future, it, the fu- it really has an impact on the future of the Venom franchise, so that's cool. And I will tell you this, if you and tell me if I'm wrong, if you go to the movie theater and watch it, uh-huh. pay attention to the movie previews going into the movie because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the end credit has to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just saying like pay, <laughs> watch, watch the, the movie yeah. previews for the upcoming movies and it very nicely ties in with the end credits of yep. this movie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's that. cool. It's not a, it's not a spoiler or anything, but it's, it's really, it's really interesting. Another big deal that I'm really, really, uh, I'm excited to tune into myself is Squid Game on Netflix. Yeah, so I hear. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet either. It's huge, apparently. How have we not watched the most popular show out there? I mean, me of all people. Right. You know, like I watch everything. My husband <laughs> says it's great. Yeah. I mean, that's what I hear. I It's a fantastic. But for me, the story behind it is fantastic. And it gives me hope. And I, should, I hope it gives hope to other people uh, when I talk about the article that I read. The creator of Squid Game had pitched the idea for over 10 years Mm -hmm. and nobody wanted to pick it up. Nobody thought it would be good. And then Netflix got got wind of the idea and Netflix put money behind it. And now it's the biggest show streaming on Netflix. That's what I mean... That's not, impressive. This is not a plug for Netflix, but I really love Netflix because they'll pick up almost anything yeah. and try it. Yeah. And like so yeah. many creators, and I'm not talking like content creators on social media, but so many movie makers and mm-hmm. show producers who like, you know, the mainstream TV shows yeah. and stuff don't want to pick up, have a yep. home at Netflix. Right. What, what Hollywood won't won't take a risk on, 
streaming giants like Hulu and Netflix and, and some of the it. other channels, they're taking risks. I love it. I've watched yeah. some really cool stuff because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody expected Squid Game to, to do so well. I, and I mean, I, I hear people, I, I I hear kids talking about it. So kids, kids are, are watching, watching this, this. And I don't think they should. I don't think they should that's be. That's on me. That's, but there's the, that big the, creepy the doll ratings, thing. The ratings are, are you know, telling that, that kids shouldn't be, but kids are, but it's definitely for us adults. It's definitely for us adults thematically. So yeah. just, just going into it, heads up. Don't, <laughs> don't let the giant doll fool you. Like yeah. that's. <laughs> well, it's, they're, they're based off of kids games. So I think that's why a lot of people are thinking it's, it's all right for the kids to watch, but it's very violent. So yeah, I'm going to have to watch an episode tonight. It's once you watch the first episode, you're hooked. Oh yeah. Maybe I shouldn't. I got a long weekend ahead of me. Maybe I should. That wait. might be the perfect time, depending on <laughs> well, the long then I'll weekend. Do absolutely nothing else. That's, <laughs> that's not. Isn't that? Isn't that how it goes? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yes, all the time. That's yeah. always what I do. Joe. That's always how it happens. No, but that's to. what happens. We get into something, and the next thing you know, the weekend's over. And we we caught up on on five seasons of Supernatural, and we're finally. Oh, you did? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm just saying. But I was that's all what we would do. For a minute, I'm, I'm working, still saving that for a rainy day. I'm st- I'm still working my way. I'm working my way through Vampire Diaries right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I have issues with that show. Yeah, I'm Lots, sure. But and whatever. Sure. But yeah, but. Uh, so we talk about movies and TV shows stuff, yeah. and stuff on this yeah. podcast. So I'm curious if you're if you're not following us on Facebook, please do. And um, I don't know. Tell tell us what your favorite shows are. Yeah, maybe we'll I'd love post to know we'll that. put a we'll post a question when this episode drops and say what's your fate? What are you watching? I need yeah. recommendations. Yeah, yeah, anything. Um, we'd love to have that conversation with you on our on our Facebook page too. So drop us a line and we'll we'll chat about. Yeah, it. love to see what people are doing with their time. If you're looking for things to do, oh yeah, Halloween's coming up. Halloween is a coming. And guess what? What's we, up? We will be trick or treating on post. Awesome. However, now don't get too excited yet. We are going to. There's going to be a designated time, mm-hmm. and that is still to be determined as of this recording. So check our social medias and follow all of that. Watch our town halls mm-hmm. uh, with the garrison commander, Colonel Nyland, and he will tell you when that day and time is going to be. Yes. And there will be some new ways to trick or treat. I don't right. want to say restrictions because that's not the right no, word. No, we're just thinking of but different ways to do it. But we're going to be following CDC guidelines and recommendations yeah. on how to safely participate in trick or treating. Right. So there will be trick or treating, but it will be a designated date and time, which lots of communities do that. Even mm-hmm. though you know the thirty first is on a Sunday this year, lots of people do designate times for that. So that is what the garrison's going to do. But as I said, just keep up with us on social media, follow the town halls. You'll get more information uh, as of this. Like I said, I was recording. We're a little early October here, but. Stay tuned because yeah. there will be there will be trick or treating on post. A lot of uh, trunk or treats for a lot of units mm-hmm. have yep. been approved. There is an approval process, so don't think you can just go have one. But there's a lot that have been approved, and they've really demonstrated great ways that they're going to keep the kids safe and families safe, and and not be spreading COVID along with the fun and games. 
uh, Hallelujah Festival's coming up at mm-hmm. the end of the month as well at the Argonne Hills um, Chapel Center. And the USO has a scavenger hunt for the 26th of October. That's going to be cool. Uh, and with them, you do have to register to do that because they don't want just a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. out running around. Mm-hmm. But you do have to register with the USO, so touch base with the USO and, and do that as well. And we have information on all of this stuff. Uh, with the exception probably of all the unit trunk or treats. But we do have information on Hallelujah Festival, the scavenger hunt, and the garrison trick-or-treating events on our social media, on the town halls. Where else? I'm sure Mead TV will have something. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. It'll so be just, everywhere. Uh, so just pay attention to that stuff. Uh, there are definitely lots of fun things that we'll be able to do for for Halloween this year and lots of fun stuff coming up in the future for, for the holidays as well. Yeah. Yeah, and so we're going to take a turn from from all of the great things that we're doing, and we're going to talk about a very important topic, which is a theme for October. Yes. Which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. It sounds like a really, it's a really tough topic for a lot of people to talk about, but we're going to speak with Ms. Selena Flowers from the Family Advocacy Program, and we're going to talk about the resources available for anyone who feels like they may be involved in, in domestic violence or intimate partner violence or not necessarily when, when you hear violence, you assume it has to be physical, but there's other things that you have to keep in mind. And Ms. Flowers is going to talk to us about that. So here's our interview with Ms. Selena Flowers. She has a lot of great information and resources uh, to help make sure that you are in a safe and healthy relationship. Thanks for joining us, Selena. Thanks for having me. First, with October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, what exactly is domestic violence and what is this intimate partner violence that we're hearing a lot about? Good question. So intimate partner violence is a pattern of behaviors used by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate or dating relationship. Domestic violence includes behaviors that cause physical harm, induce fear, prevent a partner from doing what they wish or force them to behave in certain ways. It may include use of physical and sexual violence, threats and intimidation, emotional abuse, economic deprivation, or medical abuse. So it sounds like these are a little bit interchangeable as far as terms go. They absolutely are. Yeah, because we were talking beforehand that Mm -hmm. domestic violence, Joe, always sounded very husband and wifey to me. Mm -hmm. but intimate partner violence, I think, opens it up. And I think that's actually good because then maybe people who are experiencing it maybe realize a little bit sooner, Yeah, I'm part of something that I should not be part of. Yeah, like this right. isn't right. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to be married for it to be wrong, you know? That's right. And it's with wrong the mil- either way. Yeah. yeah, and I was just going to add, with the military, um, we categorize intimate partner violence as a current or former spouse. Mm. So it could be someone that you are currently with or it could be someone that you are divorced from. Um, It also can be a person with whom the abuser shares a child in common. Mm. Um, So they do not have to be married. But if you have a child, that is still considered intimate partner violence. And then the third thing that we consider is a current or former intimate partner with whom the abuser shares a common, common domicile with. Right, so that could be like a girlfriend or boyfriend yeah. or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, re- really important to really understand <clears throat> what exactly that looks like. Yeah, so that that kind of uh, we were going to ask this question, and I and you kind of answered it, but but 
maybe we can elaborate a little bit on it, but who, who can experience intimate partner violence? So anyone can experience um, intimate partner violence, to be quite honest mm-hmm. with you. Persons of any race, ethnicity, age, sexual orientation, religion, or gender can be a person or perpetrator of intimate partner violence. It can affect people from all backgrounds, economic uh, groups, educational levels, um, and the majority of the victims are female, although males can also be victims of intimate Mm -hmm. partner violence. And I also wanted to add, though, that certain groups are at higher risk, Mm -hmm. and those groups that are at higher risk are usually women that are of childbearing age, and believe it or not, teenagers Mm -hmm. as well, um, and then people with disabilities. Why, Why is that? Why is it? Well, why? I mean, I I think I kind of understand the people with disabilities because I feel like that's somebody taking advantage of them. Right. But why for teenagers and women of childbearing age? What makes them more susceptible? So for teenagers, I think that they're just kind of at that tender age. They really don't have the skills and abilities to really know how to effectively communicate. Like someone maybe that's older, Uh, you know, there's a lot of jealousy, you know, that comes up with teenagers, just a lot of peer pressure. Still just learning a lot about themselves. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So there's a number of different factors um, there for the teenagers. But I think those are the really big ones. So how how does somebody know if a relationship they're in is unhealthy? What does that look like? So, yeah, good question. Really, um, how they know that a relationship is unhealthy is, you know, because it looks different. Intimate partner abuse looks different in every relationship, so it may be difficult to detect, right? Right. So sometimes victims themselves may not be fully uh, aware or fully realize that they are being abused. So mm. in all cases, the abuse partner does things to have power and control over their partner. So abusers may control the victims through non-physical tactics that include intimidation and emotional abuse. So a lot of times people think that when you talk of domestic violence or uh, intimate partner violence, right. they only see or think about the physical abuse. Right. Mm-hmm. But we also want to educate, you know, the community that emotional abuse is a big thing, too, to kind of look out for. Yeah. Uh, and verbal abuse and things like that. Right. And like you were talking and, earlier, like controlling of things like finances and stuff like right. that. And things yes. like that is a type of, of abuse. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I was going to say, I, I feel like probably one of the most unreported kinds would be the emotional abuse because people aren't even may not even be aware it's Mm -hmm. happening to them you know like the little subtle things that somebody might be doing to the other person right you know it's much harder it's it's easier it's easier to overlook than if somebody hits you for example right yeah Yeah. and it is and and i agree 100 percent. and with the physical abuse oftentimes that's seen right right because you will sometimes you will see you know the the black eyes or you know the bruises and things like that but with emotional abuse you don't see that so they can't really get the help that they need or reach out for it unless they come forward because that's unseen right they're probably being experiencing gaslighting they're probably being told that they're being emotional or something like that or they're taking it too seriously you know or their or their partner could be somebody that people really like so mm-hmm. they're like well maybe it's just maybe it's just me you know yeah right so yeah that i could definitely see where like you said joe the emotional abuse is probably yeah the one that gets the least reported so what can what like let's say a service member or a spouse or dependent came to you what could what could someone do to support a victim of intimate partner violence yeah so victims of intimate partner violence you know they need our support mm-hmm. and uh, they need someone to listen to them and and 
quite honestly, to believe their story, right? Yeah. And so that's what we're here for. We want to make sure that, you know, every victim that comes forward is assigned a domestic abuse victim advocate. We have two on staff here at Fort Meade. You know, here at Fort Meade, we encourage those that experience domestic violence to, you know, come forward immediately and contact our victim advocates. We're on call 24 hours, so there should be not a minute of the day that a victim does not feel like they have the support of our domestic abuse victim advocates. Once they contact our hotline or they can walk in our office Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 4, there will be a victim advocate waiting there to serve them. And our victim advocates do everything from safety planning to lethality assessments to accompanying them to court just and just making sure that the victim has every service possible wrapped around them while they're going through this ordeal. What's the, what's the hotline number? So the hotline number is 240-688-6918. Again, that's 240-688-6918. What would you say, and I'm going to kind of throw a lot of question in here, what would you just say, because I think there's a lot of people who experience this kind of abuse and violence and don't think they're going to get any help. Yeah. What would you say to that person who's sitting there listening to you right now saying nothing's going to change? What would you say to that person? I would tell that person to, you know, just think about it. I know that sometimes they do think that the situation is not going to change, but to think about it and just come in our office and talk with someone. And that may change their mind. Even if they think that, you know, talking with someone may not help, just come and have a conversation. A lot of times it's good just to get that off your chest. It's good just to talk with someone about what you're going through. Even if you don't think it's going to change, then maybe something will trigger there and you'll be like, gosh, I'm glad I came in. I'm glad I kind of released that. I'm glad I got that off my chest. And just hear the victim advocate out and let them, you know, be able to talk to that person and tell them about the program because sometimes that's what they need. They need to they know that we have victim advocates, but they don't right. know what they do. So right. I just think just coming right. into the office, having that conversation with the d- domestic abuse victim advocate and just sharing um, you know, information about what's going on with them and just kind of listening to that victim advocate may help to change their mind because they'll know that our victim advocates are very compassionate and, you know, very in tune and very trained and skilled with what they do. Yeah. It's great to know that that I mean and maybe Everybody knows that we have these kind of services, but it's really great to be able to highlight the services that we have for people who are going right. these, through these sort of things. Mm-hmm. But for those who didn't know, it's great that we can have you on here and, and, and tell them about it. It's great that we have these months to really highlight these things because it's an unfortunate reality that, that these things happen. But it's great that we can talk about it here. Is there anything you'd like to add? Anything you feel like maybe the community should know? Yes. uh, As a matter of fact, I would. I would like to say one of the big things that we do within the Family Advocacy Program for domestic abuse or for domestic violence is we actually have a very robust primary prevention program. Mm -hmm. And so intimate partner violence, uh, primary prevention is the attempt to reduce the likelihood of intimate partner violence from occurring before it even happens, right? So we want to get ahead of it before it happens, although our victim advocates are here for victims that is currently going through domestic violence or have gone through it. Primary prevention is, again, to get ahead of it. So we're big on that here Mm -hmm. at Fort Meade Family Advocacy Program. And so primary prevention um, utilizes a public health framework, which consists of a symptomatic four-step process. And that process defines the problem of intimate partner violence. Uh, We identify factors that contribute to or mitigate the problem. And we talk about potential solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then last, we evaluate and widely implement successful, successful solutions. 
for this. So the process is evidence-based and focuses on lowering overall rates of intimate partner violence with a society of opposed to um, focusing on individual solutions and situations. And so I just wanted to put that out there because I want people to know that, you know, we do have a primary prevention program. And so in that we have like the Women's Empowerment Group, that is a group of different women that they may have some relationship discord, but it has not escalated to domestic violence. Right. And so we talk with those women about, hey, you know, these are the signs and this is how you might be able to prevent it. <clears throat> and so we do that. And we also have just a lot of FAP educational domestic violence uh, events and groups. And like mm -hmm. you said, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We put on an array of different services to prevent um, spouse abuse and, and uh, intimate partner right. violence before it happens. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the things that we do with that primary prevention program. And, gr and great resources, too, for, for here at Fort Meade, especially the type of work that's done here at mm -hmm. Fort Meade. We've talked yeah. over and over again how stressful the work is for the people yeah. who work here and how it's very different than deploying to uh -huh. another country or something like that. You know, they're dealing with those stresses every day. They can't talk about it, and then they get yep. to go home to the family and the kid that needs homework help and the spouse who's mad because you forgot the milk or whatever, you know, and, yeah. and that does compound. So there's right. all these great resources. One last question, though. So who exactly can come into the Family Advocacy Program and receive help? Is it civilians? Is it service members? Is it families of service members? Is it DOD civilians? Who can walk into your office and get help? Okay. So first of all, I want to say all of the above. Okay. All Absolutely. of the above. We never turn our backs on anyone. Great. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. But to actually open a case with family advocacy, mm -hmm. we actually take family members and active duty members. So okay. family members of active duty okay. and the active duty members. And the reason for that is, you know, we have to have some jurisdiction, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. And so if it's an active duty member, there's jurisdiction. Like we can contact command and, and you know, kind of talk with command to see if we can get the soldier to come in for an interview. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, for our victims, you know, we don't, they don't necessarily have to have a command, but at least they do have to be tied to an active duty uh, member, right? Okay. Makes sense, uh, yeah. But what I say, or what I mean when I say we don't turn our backs on anyone, it could be a DOD civilian, it could be a contractor, it could be a retiree, they still come to our office and what we do is we give a warm handoff to our community counterparts. So mm -hmm. we have MOUs and MOAs in place with some of the community uh, agencies out here, awesome. YWCA being one of them, and they will actually work with those folks that may not necessarily be active duty retirees or family members. So we can still do a safety plan with them, though, because that's ultimate. That's number one. Right. We want to make sure that we're ensuring everyone's safety. Once that safety plan is in place, then again, we do that warm handoff with the community uh, counterpart. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Because I think the one thing that happens around here is I... I mean, I'm a military spouse myself, but so many people are just like, I don't understand the resources. And I ask you that because I was pretty sure you were going to say anybody can come into our office. And if, if you're not the person we can directly help, we're going to help you immediately and then get you to the person who can Absolutely. support you. So at least if nothing else, uh -huh. you know that you can go to the Family Advocacy Program office and at least get started on the right path. Absolutely, yes. We will never tell anyone, hey, we don't provide that service. And we mm. sit down and we provide resources for them. Sorry, we don't help you. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. That's, How would that sound, right? Yeah, that, mm. would, that would be awful. And, and it's so great to hear. And, and we knew that, but yeah, we just we wanted, we wanted everybody else to hear it as well. <laughs> that's so. right. That's right. No problem. We just that's ask cool. people to give us a call if, if there is anyone that is going through domestic violence, know someone that's dealing with domestic violence, suspect that someone may be going through domestic violence, give us a call. You have the hotline number, 
888-888-6691 or during business hours if they want to contact us at the Family Advocacy Office. Again, our business hours are Monday through Friday, 730 to 4. They can reach out to us at the office at 301-677-4118. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as iTunes. We're also on divotshub.net. If you search Fort Meade Declassified.